All right, well, so good to be together today, excited for the Lord, uh, for what the Lord has for us here today. In January of this last year, uh, I led 12 NCCers to go to St. Louis, Missouri, and we went on mission. We went to help Middle Tree Church, which was planning in January, and it's planning right in the heart of the city, and just a great group of people, just a great trip, got to do all different kinds of things. Uh, But part of this mission trip was to go, and we would go out and go door to door and put door hangers and just be able to pray with people. And how many folks have done this before here at any of our locations? How many people? Yeah, a few people. This, it's, it's easy, right? Oh, my goodness. Whatever. It is so hard. You get out there and you are thrown off. You are thrown out of your comfort zone. You're thrown into places of tension and awkwardness. And so we get out. And you're praying, right? But you're not praying for people to talk to, you are praying that they will be gone when you go to that house. <laughs> God, help them to go get their groceries right now. All for the glory of God, of course. And so you go, and, and you guys, these are old houses, right? And, and they've got these old stair, they're all wooden staircases that lead up to that. And you're going up the stairs and you're trying to be quiet because you want to go unnoticed. And you're going up and, but these stairs are like older than my grandma kind of a thing. And you're going up and you're trying to be, and, but they're so creaky. And it reminds me of back when I was in high school. And you know, you'd sneak up late uh, up, upstairs and you're going up the stairs and you know where all the creek spots are, right? So you're moving and you, you go on the side because people don't use that. So it's, you know, and then you hit that one creek and it's like, like the loudest creek in the world. There's like an amplification system underneath the stairwell, a megaphone that, oh my goodness, someone must be at the Johnson house. I recognize that creek. And, you, and then you go up to the door and these door hangers, why can nobody make a, a, a freaking door hanger that will fit around the doorknob? And you're working it and you're trying to Houdini this thing on there. And it will not go on. And finally, you hear this, Grandma, is somebody trying to break into my house? And you're, no, ma'am, I'm just here to pray with you. Obviously, you're not getting your groceries. Thanks for that one, God. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, okay, but the idea is that you go out and you're praying with people, right? And you're praying for people. And so you encounter people at their houses and on the streets. And, and so I see someone up ahead. And I'm approaching them and I'm praying, okay, God, give me strength to overcome my fear. I'm going to talk. And so I go up and I, I engage this guy in conversation. And we start talking and we start laughing and we're connecting a little bit. And the, the conversation is going well. And, and I get to that point where it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step in and just share. the. And, and I get to that moment and, and here's what comes out. All right, man. Good to see you. I'll see you later. Okay. And I walk off and just totally wimp out, you guys. And I, you know, I'm walking away feeling like a failure right there. And, and I see another couple up ahead, though. Off in the, and so I go up to this guy, and they have a couple of dogs. So I, and we're talking about their dogs, and we're connecting. And, and I got a little sports banter thing that we're doing. And, and I throw out some wit. And you know, we're just having a good time in conversation. And I come to that moment again where it's, I need to say something. And I get to that point, and it's just blank, and it's just... All right, I got to go. Have a good one, guys. And I'm walking away and feeling again. And, and, they're, you know, and they're like, okay, but do you have anything else to say? No, I'm good. But do you want to tell us about uh, God or Jesus or salvation or anything? No, no, you guys will be fine. They didn't really say that, but 
kind of enhancing, getting into the story a little bit. So, but I'm walking away, and I'm going, man, you are such a wuss, Joel. Come on. Like, you can do it. Doggone it. You're a pastor. <laughs> Come on, man. And I'm getting in, and, and I'm just feeling like a failure. And I'm telling you, that poor next lady that came down the street, because I am not going to be Peter. I'm not going 0 for 3 on this thing, right? I'm not going to fail three times. And that poor lady, but she was coming and she was on a mission. And just like, you know, walking on her heels and every bug in her way is being crushed. And she is crushing. And, and I just, but hey, I'm just going to do this thing. And I step in and I stop her. And I start to share about the love of Christ. And the hard exterior just breaks down. And we had a moment. And we shared and we conversed and we talked and invited her to church. And just this, it was just this great moment of overcoming my fear to get to reward in Christ. Listen to me today. There are some wonderful things on the other side of your fear. Do you know that? It's a small wall that stands in between you and harvest season. In between you and kingdom work. It's a, but when you're able to break through this wall right here, you begin to find out on the other side is reward, is harvest in the kingdom of God. Galatians chapter 6. If you got your Bible, you can open up with me or we'll put it up on the screen for you. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We continue the if series today. And we get this, this potent punch from the scriptures in Galatians. If you do not give up, you will receive a harvest. Now we read this scripture like we read a lot of scriptures. It's kind of like we read it in a funnel a little bit because we get to that harvest portion and we get a little bit excited right there. I do, right? And you, you kind of hear the blah, 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 harvest. And you're going, yes, that's what I need. That's what I want. I want to live in God's harvest. I am ready for it. And we, we almost funnel everything into this one place. But, but the author Paul is writing to the Galatians, and he's writing with this idea that you don't receive the goodness of God through legalism, but you receive God's goodness through freedom in Christ through freedom that is given through the cross and through Jesus' sacrifice. And when you receive this freedom in your life, you are compelled to give, to do good to those around you, and, and to do this good persevering until you get to the reward, until you get to the harvest. The harvest doesn't come until you persevere in the goodness of God. And he hits us in verse 7 with this very direct and pointed statement. A man reaps what he sows. The harvest is not a promise of entitlement. You know that? It's, it's a response. It's a principle, a, a reaction to us 
being and living in obedience to Christ. A man reaps what he sows. As we sit here today, take just a moment to evaluate what you have sown, what you have worked for over the past couple of days. Take a moment just to evaluate what you have sown over the past couple of weeks. What have you sown over the past couple of months? Because what we are today is a result of what we did yesterday, right? What happens tomorrow is a result of what we do this day, today. When you sit down and you take a test for school, uh, the idea is this, that the test is not on what you have learned or done in the, in the past 10 minutes, right? The, the test is on what you've learned or done in the past couple of days or weeks or months. And so when you sit down and take the test, you've already taken the test. You've taken the test because of whether you studied or, or not in the previous couple of days, right? If you've studied, then there's a good chance you're going to get a good grade on the test. If you have not studied in the past couple of days, if you have not sown into that, you come into that, and there's, it's probably inevitable that you're going to get a bad grade, except for that one person that we despise that somehow gets an A no matter how much they study, right? We reap what we sow. If you sow study and preparation, there's a good chance you get a good grade out of that. A Chinese proverb says that the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. Second best time, Today. One of the most encouraging examples of transformation at NCC right now is a guy named Jack Halloran. And uh, I love Jack. And he started coming about three years ago to the church. And when he first started coming, he would come intermittently. And, uh, and he, it was kind of a half-in thing for him at the time. But we would have discipleship conversations, and, and Pastor Dave would spend time investing in him. But it just, it just wasn't clicking for him. And I remember one morning over at Boston, and it was a Sunday morning, and he shows up, and, and um, he had been up most of the night, and uh, alcohol was kind of smelling on him, and he comes up, and I knew his past and some of his struggles with singing, and so he comes up, and he's asking me all these scriptural questions, and in my mind, I'm going, this is such a waste. Like, you're not serious. You know, either do it or don't do it. Like, get in or get and I'm thinking, like, this is a waste of my time right now. I should be over here doing this or talking to this person. And, and by this, okay, but I'm just going to talk with him. And I'm just going to, and we prayed and we had a good time. And, and then Pastor Dave continued to invest in him and give his time to him. And, and, and we just decided, okay, we're just going to plant seeds. We're just going to keep planting and planting and sowing and sowing. We're just going to stick right there. And it was amazing because one day things just broke for him. Like, a, like a, a twig under duress, it just broke, and he just surrendered to God, and he let go of everything. And it was like, it was like all the hundreds of hours of prayer that his, his mom had invested in him, all the hours and hours of, of time that Pastor Dave had given to all the words and the seeds of encouragement that we spoke into him, all of a the sudden they begin to sprout up and become fruit. And we begin to see the harvest. And I tell you what, 
I am challenged by, I love this guy. He sharpens me. I mean, we're out after the Easter extravaganza outreach last week, and he's helping us take stuff over to the storage unit, and we're putting stuff in. And there's this other group over here that's also taking stuff back. So he starts helping them, and I'm thinking like, come on, man, let's get this stuff done and get out of here. But he's helping, and, and I go around five minutes later, and he's telling them about God, telling them about Jesus. And I'm doing my own little thing in my own little corner, you know, again, kind of missing, <laughs> missing out. And, but he's sharing that, and he invites them to church. And then we go over to the U-Haul truck place. We're dropping the truck off. And uh, he drops the keys off, and he's, he's walking away. He says, hey, have a happy Easter to the clerk. And the clerk made the mistake of saying, all right, I'll try. And he goes, man, he turns around. He's like, man, you don't need to try. Christ already won the victory. Have a good Easter. And the guy, like, you know, hits the shelf or something, and he's like, what? Who is this guy? And I'm just going, man, I love this guy because he sharpens me. He lives on the edge. He has been changed by grace and called according to God's purposes. I love being around him because I'm challenged spiritually, personally. I'm seeing this harvest season in Jack's life. Listen, the harvest did not begin this morning. The harvest was won over the past three years, over the past 20 years in faith and in prayer. Madam Chiang Kai-shek once wrote that we Chinese have a saying, if a man plants melons, he will reap melons. If he sows beans, he will reap beans. And this is true of everyone's life. Good begets good and evil leads to evil. True enough, the sun shines on the saint and the sinner alike. And too often it seems that the wicked prosper. But we can say with certainty that with the individual as with the nation, the flourishing of the wicked is an illusion for unceasingly life keeps books on us all. In the end, we become what we do. If we took out your calendar today and we looked at it together, what would we deduce would be the harvest from the the seeds that you have planted in your time over the past couple of weeks? If we had a script of the content of your conversation from this weekend, and we looked at that content, what would we we think would come in, in terms of harvest from that content, from the seeds that you have sown in conversation? If we took out your credit card statement, uh uh-oh. If we took out your credit card statement and we looked at it and we looked line by line every single penny that you spent this last month, what would we forecast as as the harvest from your investment with every penny that God gave you. When you look at your life and the different areas of your life, how are you sowing your seeds? How are you taking what God has given to you and investing them? What we we reap, what we sow. Verse 8. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. A lot of us have gone out and we have sown to our own nature. We have sown to, to our own pleasure, to please ourselves, and that's the seed we sow. And every once in a while, we'll throw out a good seed. We'll go to church or we'll, we'll do a good thing over here. And there's a few seeds, but for the most part, we continue to sow for our own nature. And then we, we come to God and we get mad at God. And we say, God, how can you allow me to be in this place? And I think God looks at us and he says, listen, I'm just, I'm just allowing you to, to 
receive the fruit of what you've worked so hard for. (laughs) We will reap what we sow. My coach used to say, practice does not make perfect. I don't care what the statement says. He says, here's here's what's true. Perfect practice makes perfect. And he said this, you can grab a ball, you can go hit a court, and you can lazily shoot around for an hour, and you're not going to get much better. But he said, if you grab a ball, you go to a court, and you shoot game shots, you shoot the right kind of shots, and you shoot game shots, and you shoot them at game speed to where you get your heart rate going, and you're starting to work out your legs, and you're starting to get tired and, and experience what you would experience in a game. Perfect practice makes perfect. It's what you put into it. Just because you're persevering doesn't mean, uh, just because you're persevering doesn't mean that you will re- receive a harvest. If you're persevering but you're not planting, you won't get to that harvest. Listen, you can buy a field, and you can go out, and you can sit there, and you can wait, and you can watch, and you can persevere, and you can wait for that harvest to come, but it doesn't matter, does it? If you don't get out there and plant, perseverance is not the same thing as planting. Waiting is not the same thing as persevering. No, and you might feel, I'm persevering today. No, you're just sitting there waiting for something to happen. God calls us to sow into the kingdom, to give what he has given to us. John Calvin wrote that it is faith alone that justifies, but faith that justifies can never be alone. Verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, the ESV says, in due season, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do you recognize how counterintuitive this is to our culture right here? We can get whatever we want, anytime we want it, however we want it, right? We get what we want. I mean, your job's not going well. Hey, get out of it. Your marriage isn't going well. Get out of it. Something that isn't going right in your life, let it go. Go to a different place. And then we come to this kingdom principle. Things aren't going well. Stick with it. Stick it out. Persevere. Keep going. Fight through. It's exactly the opposite of what our culture tells us and what our culture maybe more allows us. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Notice here that you can know the will of God, you can do the will of God, but you haven't necessarily received the promise of God yet, but you've got to wait for the due season. Some of you may feel like you're in the backwoods, like you're on the backside of nowhere. Let me just say the same thing that I just said, but not to you. I'm going to say it to you this time. Persevere. Stick with it. Keep going. There is a due season with your name on it. Noah waited in a due season for 120 years. Moses' due season came in 80 years. Joseph's due season came in 13 years. David comes along and he receives this promise from God to become king. And he goes out and he hears the will of God. He does the will of God. And what happens? He's almost killed. And then he runs and he's got to run through the the caves and, and run for his life. And finally, after about 30 years, his due season comes because he perseveres, because he sticks with it. 
God's promise does not have an expiration date. Isn't that a wonderful promise? His promise does not have an expiration date. But let me tell you something. It is childproof. You can't get it without getting the Father. And you can't get into it without getting into it in the Father's timing. The law of the harvest says that you will reap what you sow. The law of multiplication says you will reap more than you sow. The law of due season says that you will reap later than you sow. But just because God's late does not mean that he's not on time. Hmm, come on, are you with me today? Listen, you can afford to wait on God's timing. We need to hear, I need to hear that. I feel like I'm preaching to myself. That is good, Joel. I need to, I am preaching to myself today. I need this. Corey Tinboom said, there is no panic in heaven. God has no problem. He only has plans. We see our problems like we see the rain. It's a pain in our rear, Right? And we pray, we pray again. Why? Because we get soaked and we get wet and we get dirty and we get muddy and we get messy. And so we pray against the rain. And then we, we come before and we're seeking God and we're saying, God, where are you in the rain? And, and the whole time what we don't understand is that God sent the rain. That God is in the rain. That it is from him and that it is by him and it is for us. He is in the rain. And without the rain, the seed doesn't find sustenance. Without the rain, the seed doesn't get what it needs to grow into fruits. Listen, don't try to pray away what you've tried to pray into existence. We almost pray in a double double negative. We pray, God, bring your harvest. And then we pray, God, take away the rain. And God's going, okay, do you want the harvest? Because I'm leading you there and I'm giving you what you need to get to the harvest. Without the rain, nothing grows. Listen, we've got to embrace the place between obedience and harvest. The in-between space that most of us live in most of our lives. One of the toughest seasons for Jesus was in Matthew chapter 4. And I had to go to this scripture during Lent season because I'll tell you what... Lent was a good season, but it was not a good season. You know what I mean? Like, it was great, but I didn't enjoy it. And so I'm going to Matthew 4 because I know Jesus comes along and he goes into 40 days of prayer and fasting. And he seeks God. And it's one of the hardest seasons that he experiences, though, because he goes into the wilderness without food. And he's tempted and he's tested by the devil. And he's given these promises of, of, of pride, of power, and of position, And he has to overcome these temptations. But here's what stuck out to me as I read this during Lent. It was the context. So right before this testing season, uh, Jesus is baptized. And it's this incredible experience and this incredible story of, of he gets baptized and this dove of the Holy Spirit comes down and descends upon his head and the anointing of God falls on Jesus' head. And then right after this experience is his first Uh, kind of foray into ministry, and he preaches the gospel for the very first time. And so you would think these two things would be right up against each other, right? He's anointed, God's presence, and then he goes and he preaches the gospel, and and he goes into successful kind of harvesting ministry. But no, for some reason, these are spread out, and in between is this long lag time, in between obedience and harvest, Jesus spends 40 days, one of the toughest 40 days of his life. Why weren't those things pushed together? Why did God choose to put this thing right here? 
It's because most of us live right here in this season, in between obedience and harvest. And maybe you're here today. And maybe for you, you need to to break through this earlier season. You're just trying to do good right now. You're trying to plant seeds that, that are from God, and you need to break through this first part. For a lot of us, we're living in obedience right now, and we're seeking God, but we're living in this lag time, and we're waiting to come to this harvest season, but it's okay, because that's exactly when the victory was won for Jesus. Hmm? He didn't just step in and it was all easy. No, God designed this season of testing. He designed it with pain and prayer and fasting and disappointment, but that's the season that set Jesus up for the miracles to come. We can't pray away the rain when God has designed the rain for us to prepare us for what is to come and his season of harvest. Here's the attitudes of people concerning reaping harvest. Immature, you want it today. Desperate, you want it anyway. Faithful, you want it someday. Mature, you want it the right way and on the right day. Here's what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, great faith is the product of great fights. Great testimonies are the outcome of great tests. Great triumphs only come out of great trials. Job didn't say the Lord gave and the devil took away. No. What did he say? He said the Lord gave and the Lord took it away. Hmm? He was blessed in the same way when those things were taken away as he was when, when God gave to him. Why? Because he understood that blessing does not come through material things, but blessing comes in the form of the joy of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Psalm 126 Five and six, they sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goes forth and weeps, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Verse nine, say it one more time. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time in due season. If we do not give up, if we do not give up, we will reap a harvest. Most of us are living right there in that in-between season, right? What do we need? What do we need right in that season? We need a breakthrough, don't we? We need a breakthrough. God, we need a breakthrough. Lord, I will continue to persevere, and I pray that we all continue to persevere. But God, give us a breakthrough in your spirit. Let your spirit fall on us and let us enter into your harvest. We need it, God. But to get to the breakthrough, a lot of times you've almost got to be broken down. Hmm? God desires to break you down so he can build you back up. This is all over the scriptures, this thing. It's a mess all over the place in scriptures. God says that, that, listen, in your weakness, I am made strong. I am crucified in Christ so that Christ might live in me. I die to myself so that I can live in Christ. that we have to be broken down to get to the breakthrough. A few people from our staff were uh, in Colorado this past week, and, and uh, we were hanging out with Dick Foth. And so on Tuesday, we got the opportunity to, to get up uh, early morning and go on Dick Foth's workout, okay? So I'm thinking, okay, this will be all right. This will be fine. Uh, I'll go lift a few weights with the 70-year-old, with the old guy, and uh, I should be fine. You know, I'll probably feel better about myself when I can. And so, but, but here's the problem. The workout was at 6 a.m., and it was called Insanity. Like that was the name of the workout, insanity. 
And I realized you kind of have to be insane to actually know what you're getting into and to still do it. So we go and, and, uh, and we get in the workout. And, um, you know, five minutes in, I, I lean over to Pastor Chris and I say, man, I'm wondering if I'm overconfident because I'm killing this thing. Fifteen minutes later, I lean over to Pastor Chris and I didn't say anything because I couldn't breathe or talk. <laughs> Because that thing was killing me, you guys. I mean, I was getting nailed. I mean, I mean, praise God, like the best motivator in the world is to look over and see, you know, 70-year-old Dick Foe still going. So I'm, you know, at least going to hang with it. Like, I'm going to aim high in life. I'm going to hang with the 70-year-old guy. And, and so I keep going. But, but Chris, the teacher, is, he, is, he is kicking our rears, man. And uh, we're doing these, these backwards bear crawls. And we do sprints and we go into uh, these floor sweepers. And, you know, I am praying to Jesus, but I'm not praying like we pray earlier, like kind of in worship. I'm praying, Jesus, go ahead and just take me now. Like I'm ready (laughs) to come on home. And I'm praying. But I just came to a breaking point. And it was on these cursed floor sweepers. And you take a towel and you, you put it on the ground and then you put weights on the towel and then you get down like this. Hope I can get back up because it wasn't that long ago. You get down and then you push uh, that floor. And, you, you know, we, there's like 12 different rotations that you go back and forth. And, uh, and in the middle of that, I just, I'm just done. And, I, you know, I'm down on my knees and my quads are burning. And, um, and like, literally, you're like, oh, my, I, I'm just kind of done with this workout. And, and you're sitting there and then you hear a, Come on, you got this from Chris. And then you hear an attaboy from Foth. And what do you do? You have a choice right there. You either stop, you sit there, you do what I did. You get back up and you push through it. And it kept going and just, it's that mental battle. It's that war. And I just, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let this break me. And, And in the middle of kind of a breakdown, I had a breakthrough. And all of a sudden, I hit that second wind. And I start to pick up my pace and I'm hitting the corners harder on the sprint and I'm pushing through on these floor sweepers. And, and I tell you, I started to feel good and I had this breakthrough. I get to the second wind. But, but listen right here. Listen, you guys, some of us have no idea what a second wind is because we've never pushed through the first wind. We get to that point in life and we can't go on. Right. And I say we can't because that's what we believe. We can't push through this. I'm done. I'm on my knees. I can't get through this experience. I cannot go on. I'm here today to tell you, attaboy, come on. You can do this. You got this thing. Listen, we are called to persevere and we are called to push through. And we can either live life this way where we get to this point and it's hard and life is tough and we get to that moment in our first win and we stop and we pause and we go to the sidelines and then after a while, we decide to get back in the game and we go and first win. We get to the edge of that first win and we stop. Or you can live in a different way. You get to the end of your first win in life and you push through. You break through. You fight through. You don't give up. You say, God, I will not be weary. I will not be drawn back. But we are overcomers. We are more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. We are co-heirs with Christ And we are more than conquerors in him who has given us strength within our soul. Do we live to this idea? 
where we go to the edge of our win, or do we, li- do we live to, to find that breakthrough in Christ? Because I believe that he wants to give every single one of us a moment of breakthrough that doesn't come through my words. It doesn't come through Alex's worship or any one of our worship, but it only comes through the Holy Spirit that strengthens us. G.K. Chesterton said, faith has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. We live in a constant state of frustration with God or with church because we come along and we give 20% of ourselves 10 different times, and it doesn't work. And so we blame God. But when Jesus brought the disciples in, they weren't allowed to give 20%. He said, you give it all or you give none of it. You give 100% or go ahead and walk out the door because it doesn't work halfway in between. If you want to step into the truth, you've got to try it fully, complete with, with 100% of who you are and what you have. Many of us don't know what it means to fight through, to, to, to come to a point of breakthrough, but I believe God can give that to us today. A breakthrough for you might mean not leaving a prayer time until you get the peace of God within your spirit. It might mean deciding not to give up on that negative relationship at work. Hmm? To not give up on that, but to persist and to continue to sow seeds and invest in those around you. Maybe for you, maybe a breakthrough comes in the fact that you remain committed in your marriage to see God at work. Maybe for you, it's, it's that constant tension of putting your kids ahead of your work. We all need a breakthrough, but we've got to fight through to get to the breakthrough. Curtis Parks I shared Colossians chapter 4 this week with our campus pastors as we were praying together at 714. And, and I love this scripture, and I love what he shared about it. It says, Epaphras was wrestling in prayer so others may stand firm in faith. He was wrestling in prayer so that others may stand firm in faith. And you might be here today, and you have been battling in prayer. You have been seeking God for that other person, for that friend, for that neighbor, for that person in your family, and you've been bad, and you're tired, and you're weary, and you're ready to give up. You're, you're just sick of it because it's not happening. Listen, persevere. Continue to go on, because we have reaped a harvest here at NCC of people coming to know Jesus, not because of what we have done, but because of a praying mom, because of a loving friend, because of a praying grandmother who persisted and, be, and continued to sow seeds in their life, don't give up. Listen, you might be here today and you know somebody, you know others who have sowed, sown seeds into you. And the Holy Spirit has spoke to you and you're here today and God's just continuing to reveal himself to you. Listen, don't let this day pass. Let the Holy Spirit come into your heart. Respond to that. I pray that it would rain down on your heart today and that he would do his work in his way. We just ended our 40-day Lent experiment, right? And uh, man, it was, it was a challenge to get through the whole thing. And, and I, was, I really had to push this year. It was a tough one. And on day 33, praying early Sunday morning, 6 a.m., and God just speaks a word into my heart. And uh, he speaks this word, today is a harvest day. And I like that right there. <laughs> I like that because I don't get that very often. You don't usually get God telling, all right, it's, it's harvest time. Usually it's like a, 
a seed sowing day. You know, those are most of But day 33 comes and I just, and God speaks it to me. And, he, and then he kind of takes me back to my roots and what God spoke to me early on in that same word to share, which I had never done before. And just this, this word that today is somebody's day. And I went out that day with a different level of confidence, with no fear that would stop me that day because the word of the Lord was given to my spirit that today. And, I, and, and just some, man, I don't have time. I'm not going to share the stories, but just some really incredible stories of the way that God worked that day and the way that I had the opportunity to be involved in people that he was working in that day. And the harvest day came that day, and it came the coming week. But listen, it didn't just show up one morning. No, there were 33 days of pain and, dis- and frustration and trying to just kind of get through, but seeking God in the midst of that. What happens today is the result of what you have done yesterday. What happens tomorrow is the result of what you are doing today, what seeds you are planting today. Here's what the Lord just put on my heart about today's message. We're called to plant seeds. Easy sells. Persistence rewards. Easy. We like us some easy. We buy into easy. We put everything into easy, but easy will last you till the end of this day. Persistence rewards. If you persist in Christ, if you persist in his calling, if you persist in doing his good work, he will bring harvest. Let me just close with this story. I started the sermon by talking about our mission trip in St. Louis and just going out onto the streets and trying to share Christ, overcome fear and plant seeds, right? So we're walking. It's day two, end of the day. And, uh, and I'm with Heralda. We're out walking together. And uh, we come to this house and it's this old, dark, uh, black and brown house, gothic looking. And I walk up and I put a card in the mailbox, and as soon as I do, the door swings open, and this six-year-old lady walks out, and, and we start up in conversation, have a, a nice conversation, and I'm leaving, and I just say, hey, listen, if we can do anything for you, if we can be praying uh, for anything for you, just, just let us know, okay? And uh, right when I say that, she says, okay, come on in, and I go, what? But I'm, but I'm just saying, like, if, if we can pray for you sometime, just, you know, just let us know sometime at a later date. And she, okay, great, come on in. Oh, okay, well, I guess I'm coming in. And, you know, it's kind of like revel- the, you go through those open doors that God opened, and, and the doors literally open. I'm like trying to get out of there, get our cards done. And, and, but so I just decide, I'm, okay, I'm going to go in. And as I walk through that door, I said, God, I'm going to walk through this open door that you have provided. And I'm going to just plant some seed right in here. I'm just going to share some gospel today. And we talked about this before, but, but the gospel is not just a philosophy or an idea, right? The gospel is not this thing that kind of exists out here. The gospel is tangible. The gospel is a person, John 1, and the word was made flesh. I'm just going to go in here, plant some seed, and share, the, share Jesus in this situation. So I go in, and, and uh, we talk a little bit, and then I just begin to pray. And I'm going for it, you guys. I am praying down heaven in this place. And, and halfway through the prayer, I start to hear her agree. And it was kind of fun agreement, like, oh, oh yeah, that was a good one. Like, oh, thank you. Okay, I'm going to keep praying, okay? And, and we're praying, and, and the end of the prayer comes, and, and we exchange hugs. And, uh, and she starts to open up about her daughter 
and just what's happening there and some of the struggles and the financial issues and the relational issues. And, and she gets a little bit emotional about it and starts to break down a little bit. And let me tell you something, the Holy Spirit just showed up in that place that day in that moment. And her day was made. Listen, that day came, that harvest season came. Why? Because you're willing to plant some seeds. You're planting seeds. That harvest day came because I had to get through the first 60 houses and persist and remain doing the work that God had called me to. And when you do that work, what comes next? Right where we've been living all day in the scriptures. Verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time in due season, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Pray with me today. God, we love you. And we are thankful for your word in our hearts today. We are overwhelmed by your goodness to us, Lord. We pray today, Jesus, that you would strengthen us in your spirit. God, I pray that you would continue to teach us to live and to work and to move and to not give up on what you're doing. Lord, I pray for those who are here today who just need a breakthrough. God, I pray that they would break through the mold, break through the wall that is holding them up. And maybe today it's a breakthrough in that, in that first part. They just need to break through kind of sowing seeds in the natural and sowing seeds to, to their own desires. I pray they would break through to sow seeds of goodness and in your spirit. And for those of us who are living in this in-between place, in between obedience and harvest, God, I pray for a breakthrough for them as well. Lord, that they would have this idea of persistence in your blessing, that they would seek you and continue to seek you and seek you again and continue to do your work and not give up on it and not give up on you, God, but to know that your promise is yes and amen if we persist in your spirit, God. I just wonder if there's some folks here today that you just need to offer something to the Lord in persistence. Maybe there's some folks here today that you need to recommit to the Lord in an area of your life. You, you need to wait on His timing. You need to not give up. You need to resolve towards something. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your family. But if that's you today, I just encourage you. In the next few moments that we spend in praise and prayer, come to a point of resolve of persistence in God. Lord, help us not to live in the easy, but to help us to live in persistence today. And we pray, Father, that this day, that you would give us your strength, not to live in our own strength, God. But we pray, Father, that our strength will rise up. God, let our strength rise up from within us as we wait, as we persevere in you, our Lord and Savior. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.